We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College Again podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May, and you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. And I'm joined again by my co-host, Stefan Lico. You can find him on Twitter at Stefan Lico. Uh, and if you're checking out the show for the first time ahead of the NFL draft, everyone's trying to ingest as many podcasts as possible. I know that's what I've been doing uh, just to get as much info as, as I possibly can ahead of uh, the big draft day. Um, really, this show is about uh, the journey from beginning to end for all the top football players in the world, from you know, recruit, college football, NFL draft, and their entire career, and, and into debates as to who should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And uh, this week, we're actually going to dive into the best 2023 mock draft ever. That's what we're going to call yes. it, because that's just it's just going to be the best, and that's that's where we are. I mean, Stefan, uh, I, I, I can't wait, but uh, I'm glad to be have on the on the show again with you. Uh, just a couple weeks away from the draft, and um, yeah, get to manage the stock market here soon for Mojo on draft day. I, I really cannot wait for that. But first, let's knock out the best mock draft ever. Let's do it, and it really is, and in a rookie mock draft too, right? We're just doing, yes. uh, yeah, rookie mock draft. So. Tis the yeah. season after all. Yeah, and just offensive players. We're not, you know, we're not going to do a full like three, three round NFL mock draft or with trades. And no, <laughs> we're, we're doing this for fantasy football and offensive playmakers. And assuming that it is super flex, you can start more than one quarterback and tight end premium like we usually do on the format. And there's no vetoes or anything, just straightforward. I pick, Stefan picks, and so on and so forth. Trying to get the best 24 players. Uh, that you should be selecting in your rookie drafts. There may be a couple of the names to keep on the radar that could jolt up into this conversation with some draft capital. But, uh, Stefan, uh, anything you want to talk about before we just jump right in uh, and I uh, take the best player off the board? Yes. Uh, real quick, uh, <laughs> looking at myself in the video, I need to shave uh, or trim up. I'm getting kind of crazy here. <laughs> Listeners need but to more know importantly, this. <laughs> yes. More importantly, I think um, – I don't recommend anyone hold their rookie draft before the NFL draft, but I still think this is a really valuable exercise because it kind of lets you hear um, our thoughts in our dialogue around the players themselves. It's not so much, it's not at all influenced by the location. And I do think sometimes we fall so in love with the location that we tend mm -hmm. to elevate players at times. Yeah. So this kind of takes out that bias. I do think of course that the location is, is, hugely important. I mean, remember when Rashad Bateman went to the Ravens, we were all pretty devastated at the time. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so it does impact it, uh, but not till after that. The, all that to say, there's still value in doing it now, but please, for the love hugely. of God, don't do your rookie drafts until the NFL draft. <laughs> yeah. please. So many things can change. I will say though, that I think we are way um, overconfident in our ability to assess opportunity and, and yeah. the amount that it boosts. A player because like when you think about all the things that go into a, a situation um you know like and, and how many things qu can change quickly whether it comes to the uh the success of the offensive line in front of a running back or you know uh, how quickly a team just abandons a wide receiver or adds a, a, a stud wide receiver the next year you know imagine yeah. like if you were a, a, a wide receiver that had just gotten drafted by the, the dolphins ahead of last year and then all mm -hmm. <laughs> you know all of a sudden like yeah. there's 
there's already Jalen Waddle there, but then there's Terry Kill there. Like the, so many things can change so quickly that beyond just a year out, especially for dynasty fantasy football, um, we really just can't confidently without getting into a, an outrageous range of speculation, uh, project success based on the landing spot. So uh, we'd rather just be confident about the talent level of the player uh, and the profile of the player and what we know about what their profile says and uh, historically uh, what that kind of player um, you know, projects to be successful uh, in, in terms of, I can't even talk right now. I'm like sentences, words are hard, but anyway, I like the, uh, what, what a profile is when it comes to a player and what that profile says about their chance to hit at the next level. But uh, one, one profile that I don't have any questions on that we can just get out of the way with the first yes. pick in the best 2023 rookie mock draft ever uh, is I'm just going to go with the first pick Bijan Robinson off the board. And I've been on all kinds of shows this spring talking about where he could go. And, uh, you know, in terms of mock draft outcomes, you're looking at, you know, pick 10 to the Eagles all the way down to like pick 20, whatever to the Cowboys. You know, Bills fans are going nuts thinking that they can get him in the late 20s. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, mock draft data and and all, all the things that I'm hearing from the people that really know, uh, he's not making it out of the teens. So, uh, you know, top 20 pick at, at worst, <laughs> probably Bijan Robinson. Seems to be on an island in this class, both talent-wise, um, you know, the mix of athleticism, production, uh, balanced skill set as a receiver. It's just, yeah, no-brainer. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, the only thing I would say is with this being a super flex league, you know, you can get two or three times the career longevity in a quarterback um, over mm-hmm. running back. So I do think um, you selecting a quarterback right here, I mean, a running back right here speaks volumes especially because you like these first couple of quarterbacks anyway so yeah. uh, why do you feel because I mean, there's nothing to argue about regarding Bijan. Sure. the only thing we can discuss is it should you take a quarterback over him what is it about this profile that makes you this confident or does it say more about the quarterbacks i think it says it's it's the profile that uh is not necessarily on par but very close to on par with uh you know the Saquon barclays and ezekiel elliott's who came in um, in their respective classes. And in this group, there's, there's a, it's very deep, but there's not a ton of guys who are even necessarily close to, to Bijan. And so in terms of like value over replacement level type, uh, you know, a production in the NFL, I feel like he's the safest bet in the class to just immediately plug in and uh, at least be valued by most people in all of my fantasy football leagues uh, in a way that is, uh, we're, we're just going to assume that he's like a top, you know, the top running back in Dynasty from day one and uh, first round startup pick, that kind of value. And uh, probably the running back one in year one in terms of fantasy football real production. So uh, while I, I like the safety, perhaps, of, of going with the quarterback um, and the longevity there, uh, I would rather the immediate impact be felt on my roster and its production right away. And, uh, you know, I, I've heard that, well, if you're t- if you're in position to have the 1.01, you might not need Bijan because your team's probably terrible. And if, if that's the case, okay. I think everything, every every league is different, but you can probably uh, turn Bijan even for more than just a singular pick uh, immediately yeah. after the draft as well. So it's it's you know just a, it's league dependent, you know. But to me, I, I think Bijan is is the best bet here. Uh, so let, yeah. let's go with you. It sounds like you're going to take a quarterback with the second yeah. pick. Yeah, and this is a tough one for me. I, I like both. I, I've gone back and forth, but I do like Bryce Young a little bit better. I'm a little bit more confident in his skills. I know his size is a huge question, um, but he's been playing against SEC competition and has, you know, learned or already knew, but he he demonstrates the ability to avoid a lot of those really big hits. Um, mm-hmm. I think that translates. We've seen, I mean, guys do that in the nfl a lot too they can still be mobile they may not get a ton of rushing yards but they can move around enough i think bryce can run if he wants to um but he's just smart i love bryce young i think he's just a dynamic um football player he can throw the football to absolutely anywhere on the field and uh to me i just like his consistency a a little bit more than stroud but of course if you would have gone, um, if you would have gone C.J. Stroud with your first overall pick, I, I wouldn't have been able to uh, to argue with that one either. To me, it's a one A one B situation, but I like Bryce Young just a little bit more, so um, I'll be taking him. 
Nice. Yeah. And I, I like his mobility enough at the next level. I don't think he's going to be a Lamar Jackson necessarily, but he's just going to be a smart runner who adds value. And, uh, you know, he has back to back 90th percentile plus scheme adjusted pass efficiency seasons, fantastic EPA per play numbers as a passer as well. A bunch of fun key metrics that are important. He checks all those boxes. And of course, passes every film grade you want to kind of throw out there from all the important people that are actually making those decisions. And plus, uh, you know, the, the buzzword this week, the buzz topic this week uh, in the last few weeks really has been the S2 cognition test. And uh, apparently he was basically perfect in that score. Oh, um, nice. I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. So and everyone's going to be talking about that way too much over the next few weeks with several players as more information allegedly leaks. Um in regards to that test, but it's funny like that, that particular, for those not unfamiliar, like they're actually located here. Their office is located here near me, like 10 minutes from where I'm sitting in the uh, Franklin, Tennessee area. And uh, they've actually helped both uh, in major league baseball teams and NFL teams for like, I don't know, like eight years now. Uh, and I think their big success story in the NFL side of things was like the saints draft in 2016, 2017, one of those years, and since then, about two teams in each division has have started using the S2 cognition test. And so you're going to hear more and more people just drop that, like everyone understands what that is. But it is a mental processing test that is probably way more useful than anything like the Wonderlick or, you know, whatever else you want to throw out there uh, in terms of having some proven results. But uh, take it for what it is. It's, it's, it's one data point uh, that I, I believe people are overweighting in, in terms of their uh, draft selection and, and rankings. And I, I think that's probably overdoing it, but the buzz, at least from Lance Zerline is that CJ Stroud uh, might not have tested as good in that regard. Uh, but I'm going to go with what I've seen on the field for two years in a row, which is back to back 95th percentile, you know, scheme adjusted pass efficiency seasons, fantastic EPA per play numbers, fantastic in every regard, except for maybe, uh, you know, a decent sample of struggling against the blitz, but then in the biggest moments overcoming that. So I'm going to go with, CJ Stroud, Ohio State quarterback, and I don't really care where he goes in the top 10. If he's first or second or if he drops, I'm still going to prefer him over any of the other quarterbacks except for, you know, perhaps Bryce Young. So picks one, two, three, no surprises. B. John Robinson, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and a little note on the S2 cognition test there for you. <laughs> Pick <Yeah>. number four, <laughs> uh, Stefan, uh, you are up. I am going to go with um, Jameer Gibbs, uh, who I think is absolutely a phenomenal running back. He, his speed is crazy. I think his 40 yard dash was like a four, three, six. It puts him in the 98th percentile. Uh, his speed score was 110, which is um, just out, just under, just outside the 90th percentile. It's 86th percentile. So right up there with his speed score. Um, he has some fun comps, you know, Jamal Charles being uh, one that people kind of like to throw out there with him. And I can see it. I think, Gibbs, the reason I was kind of down on him earlier in his career is because he was at Georgia Tech, and I just uh, didn't know what that meant. I didn't feel like that was going to be good for him. But then, of course, he transfers to Alabama and puts up an awesome season. Uh, I think he is the real deal and uh, would be the clear-cut number one back if it weren't for Bijan. So uh, give me Jameer Gibbs uh, right here. Feels like a, a pretty safe pick. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are pretty confident that he's going to be the second running back off the board. Um, all the mock draft data that uh, I continually scrape <laughs> for my job on the daily uh, agrees. Uh, there's almost nowhere where you'll find um, him not being the second running back off the board uh, where that actually happens, whether it's in, you know, somewhere in the thirties or the late twenties or, you know, even in the fifties um, there's debate as to when that actually happens. But he's somebody that for a long time has profiled like, you know, Jamal Charles-ish for, for me, I think I've said it on this show and others, uh, has the, the basically the exact same size and frame uh, with maybe better pass catching chops. So definitely a fan of Jameer Gibbs. And uh, yeah, he would have been probably the pick for me uh, as well. Uh, at the five slot, I'm not going to surprise many people here, but I am going to get into why I think it's just, at this point, it's pretty much runaway obvious to me. And I think I said as much on the Road of His Overtime podcast here with uh, Sean and Colm here uh, this week already, but he's the, he's the wide receiver one in this class. That is Jackson spent the jig by wide receiver, Ohio state. Uh, he's the fifth pick off the board in this draft. And I wouldn't blame anybody for taking him earlier just because of the upside. Right. He presents. You know, uh, not one, but two se- games where he had 15 plus catches. Uh, you know, he was just as productive um, sharing the field with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. 
um, you know, outproducing them at times and being the go-to kind of slot option that that offense loves to funnel targets to. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, is he a slot only? Absolutely not. I've heard uh, a couple of people questioning whether he's a slot only at the next level because of his high slot rate. And yes, it is higher than a typical first round receiver would be, or even like a higher slot rate um, than most any like NFL receiver year over year. But uh, because of his skill set, because of how he creates separation, both both verified just by basic film analysis and actual spatial tracking, um, <laughs> like it's amazing all, all that you can do to verify that a player is certifiably good these days. Like he he is a fantastic separator in in a variety of of different ways and different routes, and uh, on top of that, had insane peak production metrics that he basically could have set out his entire year last year. And he basically did. Yeah. So he kind of did. Yeah. yeah. He basically did due to injury. Uh, but he's, he's just a wide receiver one. And uh, I think uh, the, the mock drafts are catching up to that. A lot of people are catching up to that and realizing, yeah, there's, there's some decent options after him, but he's just King in this class. And it's pretty easy to, to say that. So that's my oh, pick yeah. back to you, Stefan, unless you have other things to add to uh, JSN. No, I think that's I think that's spot on, and I'm right there with you. To me, this is kind of where the the first big tier gap. I mean, maybe there's one after Bijan, but uh, to me, this is there's another big gap after after this set of of players where it's like, man, I, I feel like having that fifth pick over this sixth pick would have there's a, there's a big value added to that uh, to to getting Jackson Smith and Jigba. But I'm gonna stick with the wide receiver position, and and I've been a little bit surprised actually to hear. Um, a little bit of negativity around Jordan Addison and people wondering why he didn't try to run at his pro day because they weren't, some people weren't very impressed with his four, nine speed. Um, one thing about that, like the pro day was raining. So I don't think he wanted to go out there in the rain and, and, and have a worse time. Um, we saw what Travis Dye did out in that, that, that storm had a terrible time. It was really quite sad, but Jordan Addison, I think has shown us enough uh, to, to, to deserve the benefit of any perceived doubt around speed. Um, he has shown the ability to um, be a alpha wide receiver on his team, um, both before, like, especially before transferring to USC. But um, even at USC, uh, while the market share wasn't maybe what we uh, would have hoped for, um, we, uh, we do know that um, he has the ability to do that. We saw what he was able to do uh, with Kenny Pickett um, at Pitt. So um, I love Jordan Addison's game uh, a lot. He's uh, he's someone for me that um, has, I don't know if he if, if saying that he's been rising is the right word, but he's definitely cemented himself um, for me as the uh, wide receiver two in this class. Love to hear that, man. Um, I, I think a lot of people have been questioning his weight. I think a lot of people have been questioning, uh, you know, his athleticism or whatever, his ability to. And that's what I meant his, when, yeah. when I mentioned his speed. It's it's not that yeah. he's not fast. It's that you yeah. would hope he was faster because of his size. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, somebody, some people have, uh, you know, broken down, you know, some examples where he struggled with play strength uh, against players that were just super handsy. <laughs> and I see that sometimes too. And not, not often, um, you know, do college players just have press kind of perfectly figured out. Uh, <laughs> but to me, there's, there's also a lot of, uh, you know, healthy size, a sample size where he just, you know, gets off and around, uh, you know, any kind of attempted jam or, uh, physicality throughout the round. So if he can avoid that <laughs> using his, his technique, which is fantastic. Uh, and we get a player that's, you know, scored what 17 touchdowns when he was back with Pitt, and even while playing injured and uh, fighting through injury at times this past year was the most productive option for usc um you know i think he can be a steady producer at the next level and uh, you know has a very fan well he has a fantastic production profile with you know an amazing early breakout with where he was basically the guy from day one and we've said it on the show before he had you know uh he had, um, you know, it's unreal athleticism in a way where he we didn't know if he was going to be a defensive player or an offensive player, but the coach just realized, hey, we don't have any skill position talent. Uh, we just need you to be the entire offense, and he was. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, you yeah. want. So uh, definitely like me some Jordan Addison as well. And I'm going to surprise uh, anybody that actually uh, has been listening to me on any shows anywhere this spring. Uh, and I'm actually with the 
uh, seventh pick in the best 2023 rookie mock draft ever. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Anthony Richardson, uh, quarterback, wow. Florida. Uh, and so uh, if you've heard me talk about him anywhere else on any other shows or seen me interact in, in regards to Anthony Richardson, you probably think I, I must hate Anthony Richardson. But the, the truth is I don't. Like Coming into this uh, last uh, football season, uh, I had it both in print and, and in podcasts and in guest spots talking about the fact that if there's going to be anybody that comes up behind Bryce Young or CJ Stroud uh, and surpasses them for the NFL draft, that it was going to be Anthony Richardson. But he was going to have to prove it because he had almost no resume of, of play on the field that was good. Um, and the the strange thing about what happened this year and with, with throughout draft season is that he still doesn't have any really good, solid, consistent examples of him being actually verifiably good as a passer. Like there are instances of like rare instances where he'll make an unreal play because he has every trait that you would want in a, uh, uh, you know, a first round NFL quarterback, but he doesn't have any of the consistency or any of the, the, the footwork. It's a major problem. And uh, you know, the accuracy um, again, consistently on the deep ball, uh, is an issue. You know, he, he can hit it every once in a while and it's a huge play on, on, on and especially off of play action. He was immensely successful, um, downfield, but, uh, you know, spoiler alert, you should have success on play action that artificially boosts your efficiency as a passer. That is a known fact, verifiably measured. Um, so yeah, it's, he's having success where, where he should deep down the field, but, um, he just misses everything short. He's one of the most inaccurate passers ever. Uh, just, this is not like an opinion. This is like from a charting <laughs> standpoint, from a, from a adjusted completion standpoint, from um, just about any, any standpoint that you want to get into numerically uh, or just any kind of process you want to use. It's really bad. Uh, so there are questions as well. Uh, that, that's all I'm saying. Like uh, he has the upside. He's possessed that for a long time. We knew this, like anybody who has eyes and has seen Anthony Richardson understands that he's got upside and his legs and uh, mobility Give him a safe-ish floor if he is on the field for your fantasy team. But I'm not sure how early that is, depending on where he lands. And I'm not sure uh, how early he goes. He could be the third you know, pick off, off the board. He could be the first overall pick. I, I don't think that's a very, uh, very high chance at this point. But um, there's, just a, there's a wide range of outcomes, even on dr- draft capital and on draft day, and for his real long, like career-long out- outcome because – he could be an absolute just terrible bust, and that's probably the majority of his outcomes uh, because of his lack of passing. Or he could be like something we've never seen before and just absolutely smash. And so I'm just saying there are major questions, but at pick seven, I'm going to go and, and take Anthony Richards in here. So stay fine. Did that surprise you that I was actually the guy that, that pulled the trigger there on him? Yeah. Well, I knew you were, I knew you were going to be the one, <laughs> the one to do it because um, uh, I just – I mean, there there comes a point where I'm going to take Anthony Richardson, but to me, um, I don't like taking huge boom bust players. I mean, I guess I guess in the midway through the first round, maybe it's worth it. Um, obviously, you think it is, but uh, I, I I'm pretty skeptical on Anthony Richardson. I think he might be productive from a fantasy standpoint when he plays. I just think two years from now, is he going to be a starting quarterback, or will has someone already moved on from him? You know. Um, Mm -hmm. so not sure, not sure, not sure. (laughs) Um, but you did surprise me and I'm probably going to surprise you with my pick here. Um, at number eight, I'm going with my, uh, wide receiver three again, not knowing where these guys are ending up, but, uh, from a talent perspective, from an overall look, looking at the athletic profile, uh, the production, um, this guy just had like a 96 dominator rating or something, uh, percentile dominator rating um ran a 442 i love zay flowers he had just a phenomenal uh pro day catching absolutely everything was doing punt return work uh looked phenomenal scouts were raving about him i think zay flowers um is gonna be an absolute uh steal in this draft whoever gets him and i think he'll still go early um but uh i I really like uh, what he can be uh next level i think he's gonna be a, a difference maker so zay flowers for me at 108 did that surprise you? Uh, it did, because I thought I was going to be able to take him at this next pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's been fast uh, fast rising up in NFL draft boards, and I think he's kind of uh, uh, he's kind of settled in like the, somewhere in the 20s is where he's probably going to hear his name. 
uh, come I off agree, the board. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I'm about to. Travis is slowly dying on the other side of the microphone, coughing. Uh, he'll be back soon. He's he's drinking from his Titan's glass, so we know all will be well. <laughs> that, that's definitely not why Any, anything would ever be well. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, but yeah, Zay Flowers has been a name that I've liked for a long time, and uh, unfortunately, everyone has uh, hyped him up to where it's going to be hard to acquire him. And almost any of my leagues that I know already have him. Uh, but the good good news is uh, I have him already in uh, multiple. Uh, college to campus lead, uh, sorry, college or camp to, campus to Canton leagues at this point. Uh, so I don't have to spend rookie capital on him everywhere. Uh, but yeah, I, I think when you get into like the debate as to who should be the wide receiver three in this class, there are several you know ways you could go. But uh, yeah, he's somebody who I think has all the upside and good enough analytically, um, you know, pass uh, good enough analytical profile and passes all those tests. But um, you know, has all the things you love to see from a film aspect as well, that he can line up all over the field and win. Um, it, and he's actually been somebody that I think on almost every team-specific uh, guest spot I've had this this spring, the host has asked me about him specifically. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of intrigue uh, with him. Uh, and I'm going to go with a player here that I'm not super confident in, but uh, I like his profile, and I wouldn't even necessarily think that I would rank, rank him here at the board at wide receiver four slot. Um, but he's really close, and I think most people are going to have to take him in this range, if not before, in most rookie drafts. It's Quentin Johnson, wide receiver TCU, and uh, he plays a little bit smaller than he should, given his size, in terms of uh, you know body catching and, and in terms of failing in contested situations when he should have a high success rate there at his size, and, and given his athleticism, his ridiculous vertical jump that so we saw that at the combine. But what he does in terms of after the catch for a guy of his size is super, super like incredibly rare. And so I think it's worth a shot in the late first to go with the Quentin Johnston, hoping that uh, in the right situation uh, with a good quarterback, uh, he can succeed. Yeah. Um, I've been moving him down my boards uh, consistently. Um, what would, if, I know he didn't run at the combine. I know his pro day do you know what he ran at the pro day? What, yeah, what it was around four think? five ish, and so yeah, it was depending a four, on who you, who you trust, and it, so it wasn't like four, a four, verified nine, burner, but yeah, a four four nine and a four five one. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just I get nervous. He reminds me of like a slower Darius Hayward Bay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, if that's, that's not. fair. <laughs> um, to but, be fair, DHB got like top ten capital, but oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I remember the Raiders. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I've just been a little bit out on him. But I do think if you if if you're get, getting any of these receivers, there's going to be questions. Like the guy I'm going to take right here, Jalen Hyatt. I know um, I know why you didn't select him in this part of the draft. But I want that speed. I'm hoping that he ends up at an offense that knows how to utilize him. Uh, I think he can probably do more than those verts. Uh, but just in case, maybe um, saddle him up with someone who can do a lot of underneath work. And maybe we get pretty lucky here. So I'll take Jalen Hyatt uh, with 110. Um, he, uh, I don't know. I know you're a little bit down on him. Um, he's just, when you look at his playmaking, it's just absolutely insane. Uh, he's a, in the 98th percentile for explosiveness from, um, if you look at the, like the road of his, um, uh, which tool is it that does that? The Prospect Workout Explorer. Um, I love that tool. I live on there when I'm writing my papers. Um, (laughs) so yeah, so I, I like Jalen Hyatt here. Um, but yeah, I know the scheme is, is kind of tricky for some people, but, uh, and and me too. Um, there's a reason I didn't take him earlier. There's a reason I have Zay Flowers ahead of him. Yeah. The veer and shoot Bryle system, old Baylor system, whatever you want to call it, hasn't had a lot of success with the wide receivers. And I've mentioned that on a lot of podcasts who've had uh, questions about his speed, in uh, his production or later breakout or whatever. It wasn't really a later breakout. Um, I mentioned that on the Road of His Overtime podcast, I think. But um, he, he's got great vertical speed. He just is going to have to relearn uh, how to play the position because his role doesn't really exist. Like how he was utilized at Tennessee this past year doesn't really exist in the pros. So he's going to have to find a way to win out of a stereotypical 
uh, alignment uh, and distance from the, the the ball. Like he's, you're not going to play a slot like outside the hashes, you know, like <laughs> like they would line him up at times. Uh, he's not always going to be playing at a bunch bunch sets, and he's not always going to have the same two way go read and be able to burn the the slower safety because it's the pros. So yeah, I just have questions uh, with him, but I definitely like the speed. And if if a team just you know just finds a way to get him downfield and, and work the vertical stem, I think he'll have success. But uh, yeah, I think he's he's going to be all over the board. Uh, you know, he's going to go 1.08 in some leagues. He's going to go like 2.06 in some leagues. Uh, and I think a lot of it's going to have to do with his landing spot because uh, I think it, that matters with him more more so yeah. than with others. But I'm going to snipe you here and go with uh, Zach Charbonnet, running back UCLA. At this point, this, it's the running back three off the board. And again, consensus mock draft boards uh, agree that he is probably going to be the third uh, selected this year. Uh, and that. also, I just we, you and I both have have been kind of on him for a couple of years. You more than me, and um, you know I, I think he just put it all together, uh, especially this past year. And was what like seven seven yards a touch or, or more this past season, um, and proved that he could pass or catch passes and uh, be efficient inside and out as a runner. And so, uh, yeah, he's got the size and, and not many athletic questions at all. And so for me, running back three at one point eleven seems like an easy play. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I like that pick, obviously. I think he's a <laughs> phenomenal player. It's exciting. I was listening to a podcast this morning, and they were talking about how he's not very explosive. And I was like, man, <laughs> or how we can't catch the ball. And I'm like, man, <laughs> you'll need to watch. Yeah, wrong and wrong, but okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Round out, so, round out the, the first round with us here. Yeah, I'm going to round out the first round. This might be kind of a surprising pick, but if you heard our podcast last week, you know that um, – while this is a deep tight end class, to me, there's one guy that's head and shoulders above everyone else, and that's Michael Mayer. Uh, so I'm going to go with him, the last pick in uh, the first round, as this is a, a soup, I mean, a tight end premium league. Um, chances are someone in your league is de- depleted at the position, has nothing, and um, he should be in the first round, I think. Uh, just given the lack of quality tight ends in the NFL, what he can bring immediately to the team. Um, I'm going to go with Michael Mayer here. Kind of surprise myself even. Well, hey, I, I like Michael Mayer a lot. And it's it's funny to me that everyone's been trying their hardest to make him fall out of the, the tight end one slot overall in this class. Uh, but, you know, realistically, he's been, yeah, it's been, he's been the best for a long time in this class. I think uh, dating back to his freshman year. He's been the most impressive in terms of production um, overall for three years. You know, maybe the absolute peak hasn't been, uh, you know, as, as impressive as, as a couple exceptions. But uh, he's just he checks the, the box in terms of his breakout, his his yards per route run, his yards per team pass attempt, his dominator rating in back to back seasons, 800 plus receiving yards in back to back years for the Irish. And, you know, he's got good enough athleticism as well. So. To me, he's Zach Ertz, and he's going to succeed in the NFL for a very long time. But uh, on the other side, we're going to hit up round two. But first, a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
So I'm going to kick off round two here and take the obvious pick that I'm sure a few people have been screaming for a while because, you know, some people still very much like Will Levis, uh, quarterback out of Kentucky. And the value uh, dropping in a super flex league to this range, I don't think this is going to happen in most leagues because somebody's just going to say, oh, he got first round capital of some kind. Uh, and I don't really know what kind of first round capital is going to happen at this point. Uh, latest buzz is he continues to drop. Uh, I don't think he probably makes it out of, you know, the early 20s uh, at, at, at worst, uh, if not the teens. But uh, there is significant buzz in real uh real information leaking that he might actually be the quarterback to drop if there is to be one or two on draft on draft day that do drop. So, you know, he not, he not, he might not be the uh, uh, top three pick that uh, he once was mocked to be, which is fantastic because that never made sense in the first place. And, uh, you know, I think you're writing a piece up on him here recently. So I definitely encourage readers to check that out when that drops at Rotobiz. But he's, he's kind of like analytically almost good enough in a bunch of categories, but the upside just isn't there. Like he has an arm. That's cool. He's kind of mobile, but not really like not in the same way as I realistically, uh, like any of the three other quarterbacks. Like he has like one season where he put up, uh, okay. Rushing numbers, but, um, it was more out of, out of necessity than, uh, just actual skill, uh, more like tendency, uh, that year than it was skill as a rusher. So I'm not sure that's going to translate to, um, you know, a bunch of rushing volume at the next level. So as a passer, uh, he leaves you lacking and, and uh, wanting more. And as a runner, he leaves you wanting more. And analytically speaking, he leaves you wanting more. So there's almost no high upside play. But to me, taking uh, you know projected first-round quarterback has to happen at this point in rookie drafts. I strongly disagree, but that's okay. Um, I understand. And I know someone will take him at, before this or at this point. Um, but yeah, if you're interested, and in, I won't go into all my reasons, you already kind of explained it why, but I do have a piece coming out probably uh, beginning of next week on him. Um, let's go to the 202, where I am going to take um, one of my uh, favorite dudes, uh, Josh Downs, wide receiver, UNC. Love this guy. Uh, very explosive player. Uh, was absolutely phenomenal for 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 North Carolina. Um, he ran a four, four, eight, 40. Um, I loved at his pro day, he was, uh, working out with Drake may, which I liked your tweet about like, Oh, everyone gets to see Drake may's pro day a year early. Cause he was just slinging it. Yeah. Um, he looked fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Josh Downs is, is, is a really, really quality, uh, receiver in his own right. And um, I think he is uh, just, at, I think he has the potential to be just as good as some of these other guys that we've already talked about. Um, so, so I, I like Josh Downs a lot here. Um, I feel like the value is pretty strong coming into uh, the uh, yeah beginning of the second round. Yeah, I think a lot of people uh, hype up his uh, contested catch rate at his size and his ability to, uh, freestyle in his routes and create uh, separation creatively uh, out of the slot. And he is incredibly small and this class is incredibly small overall. Uh, but, uh, and so if he hits, he's probably going to have to be a size type outlier situation. But once you get in the, in, into round two and uh, you're looking at a player that has round two capital himself, um, you know, and, and a fantastic peak production profile as well to go with it. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense. Uh, I'm going to keep it at wide receiver here. I'm going to go 2.03. I'm going to go Marvin Mims a wide receiver, Oklahoma. And, he was the uh, one that's... I was debating between as well, Downs or Mims. Yeah, in terms of actual ranks, he's kind of like right there on the fringe of, you know, top five-ish for me, like right now, just because of what he does um, so well. Uh, he, he works the field vertically uh, incredibly well, has, has a long resume of being a, a highly efficient weapon in that regard. And he tested in that way as well at the Combine, showing he can do that at the next level. And he's not just a deep threat either. He's somebody who's, one in all sorts of ways and all, all levels of the field, regardless of who has been his quarterback dating back to high school when he put up 2,600 yards on a season to, you know, last, you know, his last season where he put up over 1,100 yards with a brand new quarterback and an offensive system to, to being the only successful wide receiver as a true sophomore on the entire offense. Uh, you know, he's just been that dude for a while. So I know, um, you know, his, his capital is going to be important for a lot of people as it is for me, but I think he is rising. Um, and a lot of people are, are uh, catching up to the fact that he doesn't have very many questions, frankly, when it comes to his profile. So pick 15 overall, we got Marvin Mims. And before we hit, hit the last nine picks down the stretch, just to recap, we got 
Pick overall, uh, one overall, we had B. John Robinson, running back Texas, followed by Bryce Young, quarterback Alabama. Pick three was C.J. Stroud, quarterback Ohio State. Jameer Gibbs was running back Alabama. Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver, was the fifth pick out of Ohio State. Jordan Addison, wide receiver, USC, the sixth pick. Anthony Richardson uh, made that selection surprisingly at pick seven. Uh, uh, Quarterback, Florida. Uh, Zay Flowers, wide receiver, Boston College. Quentin Johnston, wide receiver, TCU. Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver, Tennessee. Zach Charbonnet, running back, UCLA. Michael Mayer, tight end, Notre Dame. Will Levis, quarterback, Kentucky, kicking off round two. Uh, Then you just took Josh Downs and Marvin Mims here. But 2.04, fourth pick in the second round. Stefan, what you got? Yeah, this one might surprise someone. This is a running back who's been rising for me. Um, again, uh, p- posting great 40 times at his pro day. Um, I like Zach Evans a lot. He ke- continues to climb the board for me. I think he ends up getting decent draft capital. And I think he's a, he's a, a great running back to take this part of the draft because um, to me, there's no clear-cut wide receivers left that, that I need on my team. And Zach Evans is the type of guy who could who could who could be a lead back, who could be a three down back in the NFL. He's got the size, he's got the speed, and um, he's shown that he can catch the football and uh, be dynamic in lots of different ways. So Zach Evans, for me at this point, um, has 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 risen above all the other running backs, partly because of uh, him climbing and partly because of them falling. So to me, Zach Evans is next. Nice. I like that here. And I think the running backs, we're going to learn a lot about uh, where they're going to go with the actual capital and the landing spots. That's yeah. going to be key for this class because there's like, once you get outside the top three, there's, there's so it's many like, directions you could go. Yes. Um, and really all the way down to like running back 15, there's just a bunch of debate, uh, both in mock drafts, both in fantasy circles, both in, you know, Mojo, <laughs> where we, where, like where, where we uh, have these guys priced and uh, a lot of action both buying and selling in both directions with a lot of these guys, uh, some people betting against, you know, shorting uh, some of the guys in the market uh, who are, you know, higher price, some, you know, going long and some shorter guys and, and vice versa, really. So it's, it's been fun to kind of uh, navigate uh, all the complexities in the mojo market, just with the running back specifically, because people are all, all just all over the place um, and disagreeing on, on this, this, yeah. this big bunch of running backs. But uh, I'm actually going to – I'm just taking a bunch of guys I don't even like in this draft for the most part, uh, but that's okay. Uh, and so I'm going to go with Dalton Kincaid. And it's not that I don't necessarily like him, uh, uh, but I just don't necessarily like the price that I've seen in terms of – or the the implication that he's like the tight end one in the class for sure. Uh, just because, you know, realistically we're talking about a player who's coming off a back injury who had one fantastic season of production that was there uh, – mainly because uh, the tight end who was in front of him uh, to open the season actually got hurt and uh, missed almost the whole year, I guess. And so, uh, you know, he was the only receiving option there to get targets. And I think we talked about that even recently here. I've talked about it on other shows. Um, and so we might have athletic questions, you know, given that he's a player that went the FCS route first. He wasn't like some stud coming out of high school. And part of it was he started playing football later, but at the same time, uh, he just wasn't a necessarily um, a world-class athlete, even coming into the process. And now he's going to be like 24-ish. And so uh, he's not like a super young spring chicken at the position. So uh, we want to project and expect that he improves. But um, I think there's just more questions with Kincaid than uh, we're acknowledging as a draft community right now. But I think there's still a very high likelihood that he's a top 50 pick, if not, you know, somewhere in the first round. Um, a, a lot of noise to indicate that he might not be that. Um but, uh, yeah, I, I think at this point, taking the consensus tight end to uh, pick 17 overall makes sense to me. Yeah. My only concern, like we've talked about before, is is with the health, which you mentioned. So if that all checks out, and especially dynasty-type situation, he could be a solid contributor for a long time. Um, I'm going to go with a home run threat right here. I'm going to go with kind of a, I don't know, uh, to me, this is the type of time to, to get a player like this, especially if you're in a PPR format. I went Devin Atchain, um, the the sprinter extraordinaire from Texas A&M, absolutely lightning fast, put up the fastest time at the Combine this year. We all know that. He's got the ability, though, to be a kind of a one-cut runner. He, he doesn't have to just be a gadget play type guy. But I think worst-case scenario, he's a PPR machine, um, and you can start him in the flex for the next – eight years, you know, uh, to me, there's value in that as well. You don't have to take a bell cow running back, 
Um, like what I, my reasoning for taking Zach Evans, sure. But there's also a spot to, to take the chains of the world that, that can be a, uh, you know, six receptions for 70 yards a game type of a guy. Um, so that's who I'm going with right here. Nice. Uh, I'm going to go with Tank Bigsby here at 2.07. Uh, I like I think, that. Uh, again, yeah, I think once we get in this rain, there's probably going to be a bunch of running backs that feel like they start to feel like a value once we get into this portion of the draft. Um, and there's going to be a bunch of guys that uh, are, are taking probably round three in this class. Uh, it seems like there's a big bunch that uh, everyone has rated in between pick 60 and like 110. And uh, so I think it's pick your pick your poison or pick your favorite, <laughs> whatever you want to say. Uh, uh you know, because a lot of them might fail, so it may end up being poison. But I, I, I like uh, Tank Bigsby to be one that succeeds. He uh, overachieved given the circumstances at Auburn being a dumpster fire for three years in a row. Uh, he was impressive in, in year one, but, you know, posted back-to-back 1,100-yard seasons for a really bad offense and really bad situation there at Auburn. And uh, has, has a lot of uh, play strength that I like, uh, receiving ability that I like, and uh, the ability to force – uh, you know, missed tackles as well. So Tank Bigsby here, I guess this is the running back six off the board at 2.07. So eight, pick eight over to you uh, for the, I guess that's what, pick 20 overall. It's so funny, dude. I was busy looking at how much time we have left in our recording and looking at who I wanted to take with my last pick that I forgot that I have to pick someone right now. Um, typical me. <laughs> so so I'm going to be scrambling here, but I'm just going to go with the next guy up on my board. And that is because I was going to take Tank Bixby as well. I'll take Sean Tucker. Um, he hasn't participated in, in many um, athletic testing, but he looked good for Syracuse last year. Again, I think it's tricky looking at such a weird, um, how do you, like it's just a bad offense, bad competition, but he was everything. He showed the ability to do everything. Um, I really like I really like him uh, quite a bit. He, he put up um, really strong numbers. Uh, I think he would be higher on my list had he participated in like the combine and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I'll go with Sean Tucker at this point. Nice. I'm gonna go with uh, my dude Hendon Hooker. <laughs> I like that, uh, and that might surprise some people because uh, the assumption has been for a couple months that he was not going to be a first round quarterback. And then all of a sudden there's uh, more, you know, crazy mocks that end like top five or whatever that that's not going to happen, but a uh, legitimate buzz that he's doing really well in the interviews that, um, that he might've done well with some testing that the coaches gave him. And uh, you know, if, if you get beyond the fact that he's older and he's coming off an injury, although he is uh, allegedly on pace to be ready by week one uh, this year, if you get past that and, and realize, Hey, if he actually hits, he could still be in the league for well over a decade. Uh, I think you realize Hey, if he's actually as good as his as his back to back seasons of ninety uh, fifth percentile plus scheme, like scheme adjusted pass efficiency would suggest, and uh, his uh, plus mobility when he is healthy, um, man, that's that's really fun. Yes, he struggles a little bit against pressure, but he also has a fantastic uh, and fun for fantasy scramble rate when he faces pressure too. Uh, so, a uh, lot lots of fun to be had there with Hendon Hooker. And if he actually gets like top 50, 60 ish capital, and he's in a spot where he could take over at some point this year or after this year, uh, that, that quarterback value uh, late in the second feels like that starts to be the sweet spot. Yeah, I like that. Um, pick 10 here. I'm going to go back to the tight end. Well, I'm going to grab Darnell Washington, just a freak of an athlete. Um, in reality, with there being so many tight ends, I, I think it is tricky to, to know when to pull the trigger in your draft. Um, but I do want to walk away from this draft with one in most of my team, just because I think it, there's so many good options in this and that doesn't always happen. So uh, I love Darnell Washington. I, I think he um, really showed his ability um, as the second tight end, um, which is crazy on his team, but he still showed how he can be extremely involved in the game. Uh, I, I love his uh, just ability to move people. Um, I think he's going to be a nightmare for uh, defenses to kind of uh, match up with in the NFL. If, if utilized well, Um, Georgia didn't really need to do that. They did that with Brock Bowers more. Uh, So, so give me Darnell Washington here. Um, End of the second round feels like a nice time for him. 
Yeah, and, and yeah, his analytical profile is not going to please anybody when they squint at it. But the, uh, the the athleticism and the tools that he's had—I mean, he could have played offensive tackle or guard or center or edge rusher or tight end coming into college. So uh, he's just been a freak for a long time athletically, and uh, you know, he's he's not going to switch positions now. He's going to be a receiving threat. Somebody, somebody's going to realize that he can uh, just shove little uh, defensive backs to the side and uh, find success there. So I like that pick for you. Uh, 211, I'm going to go Izzy Abanaconda, Abanaconda, whatever you want to say, uh, out of Pittsburgh. Uh, he's going to be 20 years old for most of his rookie year. Uh, tested really well uh, throughout draft season. He's got you know home run threat type speed. Uh, he's got a fantastic uh, final season uh, production profile, both from a dominator perspective, from um, you know overall yards from scrimmage, like the peak to his profile, even if you want to adjust for co- competition, is uh, decent enough. And so if he does get day, day two capital, or even if it's on the fringe, uh, he's going to be somebody who's incredibly uh, intriguing to me. So I guess that's uh, running back. Uh, what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Running back eight sneaking into the back end of, of uh, round two here. Are you going to take the wide receiver eight here? Or are you going to go a different direction to round out round two in the best 2023 rookie mock ever? It's tough. For me because there's a couple players that i'm i'm looking at here one is ranked outside of the top 50 on rotoviz and jadon hazelwood uh post, posted great times at the pro day i'm not going to go that route i was thinking about going kashan boute maybe the fall is uh, too much of an overreaction and we should settle in but instead i'm going with roshan johnson i think he gets pretty decent draft capital the backup running back to Bijan, um and i think he can be uh, a, a good fantasy uh producer uh, so I'll go with Roshan Johnson to round out the second round of our draft. Nice. Yeah, that's that's been somebody who's really uh, seen an uptick in terms of confidence, uh, both in mock drafts and in on the Mojo market. Some people are having uh, some love for him here recently. I've seen, um, you know, some just some intrigue in general. Uh, I've I've been a guest spot on some shows, and they seem to at least be interested in the fact, um, you know, that uh, Roshan, you know, has the built-in excuse as being like the backup to Bijan, but yeah, yeah. That, that that's a good way to, to wrap up round two. Uh, that was a, a lot of fun drafting this. I hope that was helpful for you guys as ahead of the end, actual NFL draft, but we'll be, we'll be back with another show here uh, soon on the college to Canton podcast, but uh, I'm actually probably good. We might have a little bit of break around the draft because I'll be actually up in New York city for some uh, NFL draft stuff for Mojo, but I will be back, be back here soon, but you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M you can find Stefan at Stay Fun Leco on Twitter. But we'll see you next time on another College of Canton podcast. Yeah.